0: Hey there listeners, welcome to the official WNRG podcast. We believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared.
1: Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insight into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others.
0: This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and the dedication of our core team.
1: I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja-Evans.
0: And I'm Brittany Lamare. Make sure to text
2: WNRG to 239355 to have episodes sent straight to your mobile every Thursday morning.
0: And we always want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts in our Buzz Group WNRG podcast series or by tagging us.
2: I wanted to hear a little bit more about um, how, as a leader, I can be more sensitive to some of my associates who are either spouses or service men or women. So what do I, as a leader, need to be aware of that maybe I've just never been exposed to?
3: The And the first one, thank you for that question, the first one is the one thing that I alluded to earlier, and that is about setting expectations from the very beginning to your your military person, not so much your spouse, because the spouse is probably gonna have had exposure to corporate America in some way, shape, or form, but the the military person that you need to they need to understand that it is a fluid environment there is ambiguity but if they need further direction and guidance that they would be there for them to provide that to them so i mean that's the most that is the most important thing i can think of
2: so that the communication piece is yeah, key
3: yep and and knowing that when they come in if they've directly transitioned from the military or, or within the first 2 years of transitioning from the military they're going to have corporate adjustments that regular people are not going to have those. Just simple things like learning the language. Um, you know, many people are going to come right in. If they've transitioned from the military, they're they're going to go, yes, sir. You know, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And I, w- I, I had an interesting experience. I had been in the company for three weeks and I was given a piece of work that was worth a few million dollars. And I was just I was hugely surprised that this was given to me, and and I got the opportunity to go brief a company vice president. And I'm thinking, wow, this is a, you know an important person, <laughs> right? And so every time she a- asked me a question, I said yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, you know. And so after the meeting was over with, my boss pulled me to the side and she said, "Look, you're going to have to ditch this ma'am and sir thing. Uh, we understand you're a military hire, but this isn't you know they want you know we want you to." to talk to each other like your people you know this is their first name this is you know and you know this is your first name that's their first name please address them by that because otherwise you're going to damage yourself diplomatically I mean she said that to me flat out and I said okay I can't use the excuse that I'm just polite it's a thing that I was institutionalized to, and I just had a hard time breaking it but that was the, an aha moment, and it got me to break out of it.
2: But how awesome that you had a leader okay. who was mm-hmm. willing to be transparent and bold, and just kind of say, "Let me let me give you some some thoughts."
3: So that I'm glad that you brought that up. That's another one of my favorite subjects. Her name is Laura Paget, and um, what an amazing person! She, uh, I, early on, I realized that she would have been a great leader to serve with in in you know in the army. And she is a person who knows how to take people's different strengths and pair them up and get this greater outcome from them. And, you know, she knew <laughs> from day one just because of some of the stuff. Like I, one of the first meetings that I went to, we had a stand-up meeting every morning. And I had been to, like, my third one. And I elbowed the guy next to me, and I go, hey, how come when the, the, the boss comes in she doesn't sit at the head of the table because that's what they do in the military. When you go to a meeting room, mm-hmm. the most important person sits at the head of the table always. And he goes, why are you asking me? That's a silly question. They, people sit wherever they want to. And if you get here early, you can pick the best seat. I said, okay, I guess it sounds simple as that. <laughs> you know, it was just stuff like that, that yeah. I was, you know, kind of mm-hmm. struggling with. And Another thing was um, the technology that was available here. While some people might think it was ancient, it was pretty modern to me, because you are behind so many different firewalls in the military, you know. And people were IMing each other, and I'm thinking, "Wow, this is, (laughs) this is great," (laughs) you know. I I mean, it was that simple. It Mm -hmm. was just that much of a change. It was amazing to me i'm thinking wow i can get so much more work done i don't have to call a person i don't have to you know i have to go down to where they're at in another part of the building i can just use this handy little im thing so
2: and nowadays you wish you could turn it off, right? No, just kidding. <laughs> that's that's funny. Because that
0: that's how I asked him to join our podcast? Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yes. no, it is. It's, it's yeah. a great
2: way to communicate yep.
0: and the use of emojis. I know that's
3: yeah, no, it, again, you know, that's not something that they do in in the army is I had in my last operation. And Afghanistan as an example. I had to worry about the work of about 80 different people. And they were geographically dispersed. And it, and all I could do was talk to them by phone or email. If I had had IM and, like, Skype, you know, the, the conferencing technologies we have, I would have been fearsome. I could have talked to them all the time. I could have encouraged that team all the time and said, no, I had to go get on a helicopter or an aircraft <laughs> and go fly out to where they were mm-hmm. so that we could, you know. And that's one of the things that I think is really neat here is the, that, you know, from a business perspective, it's a business need and so it's used and it and it's great, but in the military, you know, they, they haven't caught up to that yet because of security type stuff mm-hmm. with, you know, compromising networks and stuff like that.
0: So kind of keeping it with your, your HR role, for those associates that are considering a role transition or looking to seek out other opportunities, do you have any advice or steps that they can take?
3: Yes, I do. And, and that is that it, and I work with people that that aren't veterans or military spouses. I, you know, I do resume um, coaching and 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 talk to them about different things. And I ask people to think a little bit bigger than where they're at today and think about all the different things that make up their job and think about how they could, you know, put that together in a resume and look for something different as opposed to, you know, I'm a business analyst today, but I could really be a process consultant. And I, I know I'm using those old terms, but but um, I don't think that we think big enough all the time Um, individually and
0: and it takes some encouragement too yeah and and
3: it does and that's a that's a leadership in my mind that's you know that's a leader role is encouraging your people to develop because as a leader you you really want strategically for the business to send a person from your team to another part of the business and that other leader knows hey I got that person from Brittany this is amazing you know you you are making people to be valuable to the rest mm-hmm. of the organization strategically. And uh, I, I don't know that that's done enough. I mean, I think we could all agree that, you know, we couldn't really get better at that. But um, that, that's one of the things, you know, when advising people that and encouraging them, hey, I see this in your resume. I think you can do this. I think you should expand on that, um, stuff like that.
0: I've gotten that uh, swift kick from my WNRG uh, leadership team. They, they've definitely given me that swift kick I needed to, to have a little bit more confidence and encouragement in that area as well. It's
2: amazing uh, when you can see the potential in someone. And it's amazing in that moment when that, that switch flips and they start to see it. Mm-hmm. I think it's the coolest thing ever. Like You know they're capable, and then, and then you can watch that transformation happen. It's, it's the coolest thing.
3: So I had a soldier that worked for me late in my career, and her name is Mariel Burgos Morgan. And uh, when she came to me, I, one of the things that I always did with people that worked with me, or for me, is if they did not have a bachelor's degree, I, that was part of the, the, the agreement that they could work for me, is they would have to go to school. And she she didn't want to do it. She didn't think that she had the ability to do it. And I would tell her, Mariel, come on, you know, you can do this. And she came to me one day and she said, I don't, I don't want to work for you anymore. And I said, well, why? And she goes, because I don't think I can do this kind of work. And I said uh, she was getting ready to she had to go to a leadership course. And that's one of the good things that the military does is they have resident hands on leadership courses where you learn to be a leader at different levels so that you can move to different levels. And she was gone about seven weeks and she came back and she had a different attitude because of what had happened to her in the leadership course. And she got her bachelor's degree. And I had told her, look, if you don't want to work for me anymore, that's fine. But you're still going to get this bachelor's degree. And I'm not letting you leave until you get this bachelor's degree. And then I'll help you go wherever you want to go. And um, I, I'm, I'm proud to say today that um, she's almost completed a master's degree.
1: That's incredible. That's awesome. And likewise, here at Humana, we have those uh, resources all around um, that we can access and build our leadership skills and um, but it does take a person, a leader, a friend that will push you well, to go I dro- a little farther. Yeah
3: and I dropped out of high school to join the army and early in my career I had somebody pull me aside that said to me you're not going to really be able to do anything with your career unless you have a high school diploma or a GED and so I said okay fine and I went and got a GED but then there came a point in time when I was ready and people were encouraging me, hey you're smart, you can do this. And I was like, I can't do math. I can't do, you know, I can't do these things. And the truth of the matter was I could. Mm-hmm. And over time I ended up getting a graduate degree, you know, and I was just like, yes, <laughs> I, I can do this. That was one of the coolest things that ever happened to me. And so I made that a thing of every person I talked to, I talked to them about getting their education. And mm-hmm. it, and the truth is in today, the what I see in the corporate world is there are a there are a lot of roles that could probably not you could probably do without having a degree but what that degree signifies is that you've you've achieved that you've made a sacrifice that you've mm-hmm. put effort and, and so i think that that's important I, I don't discount that people can do jobs without degrees i I've, I've seen it you know all my adult life but the fact is is that there there's something special about doing that and like when i got my graduate degree i had young children I had um, a full time job and I still got this degree. It was you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel is not always easy.
2: Well I mean we, well, first of all, congratulations on the, the graduate degree too. Um, and Humana offers resources, financial resources for us to go back to school and I think it's just go forward slash tuition um, with more details about how Humana will help
0: you get that degree. so And Common Bond will help you refinance those loans. I am in the process of doing that myself. Thanks, Humana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and likewise, I use the tuition assistance program to finish my degree. So Humana does offer a lot of opportunity that way.
3: And I would submit to all of you here that this is an exercise where you, have, you really have to take control of it. You, you really do. You have to say, I want to do this. And I do believe that it's important on the other side to have that encouragement that, you know, that individual leaders, we should be talking to individual leaders about, you know, um, understanding their people better. And, you know, I, I saw one of the questions in here and it was, you know, about leadership. You know, what do you consider to be a good leader, you know, you know, or, or leadership advice? And this is in the realm of loving your people. And as a leader in order to be a good leader, you have to be a good, you have to be able to serve well. Mm -hmm. And so basically when you have a team, it's your family, you have to serve them. You're going to lead them as well. And your people are a direct reflection of your leadership. So if they are motivated to go get extra education, that's because your leadership helps to motivate them. If they overachieve, you know, that's a direct reflection of your leadership. And it, it boils down to accountability of yourself as a leader and say, I'm accountable for, what my people achieve and what our team achieves and what we you know what we do for the business not just now but for the future
2: you made me think of the book i was about to look it up um what's it called by simon Sinek? Um, uh, leaders eat last
0: yes yeah it has to do with servant leadership as well so servant leadership is also part of a, a high performing culture and there i it is skipping my mind. Um, but P- Peter Drucker, uh, Culture Each Strategy for Lunch, and Part of a Culture is Helping Facilitate and Cultivate a, a Team. Cannot think of the name of that book, though. I, I see it, and I can't think of it. We'll put it in the show notes, though, for sure. But it's true. I, I think, you know, as I grow in my career,
2: you start to see that the whole servant mentality and um, really kind of putting your team before you. And those are all pieces that I admire in leaders. Um, and I can just see how it, it makes a difference in the productivity of the team and the right. engagement scores. And, I mean, it's all so interconnected.
3: The, you know, and the, the other part about being a leader is that you're it's not always going to be a friendship. And it doesn't always have to be a friendship. What it has to be is a productive relationship between all of you where everybody kind of understands, look, we're pushing forward together. This is what we want to do we, you know, we want to be the best that we can and instilling that in the team, you know, like an esprit de corps of we want to be the best, we are the best, but somebody definitely has to lead. And it, you know, it's, and one of the things that I've seen in corporate America is that somebody definitely leads, um, and, and and that's a good thing, but it's not always a, some of the things that I have seen is people are willing to sit back and let other people that aren't in leadership roles assume the leadership portion of it and be like an informal leader for a team does that make sense
0: absolutely I relate 100 percent and i know
1: it's getting a little bit later but i'd like to hear you know what is the story what's a story you do not get to tell enough
3: oh my goodness
0: it, it can be about anything you want
3: it can be about anything that i want you know life is about hard decisions as a leader, and that's one of the things, we, you know, when I was reading the questions, I really wanted to talk about as a leader, and, and, I, and please, I am not criticizing Humana in any way, shape, or form. I love this company. This has been a, an awesome second career for me, and, and some of the learning that I have done, it's, it's kind of like an incubator to me, you know, that we're evolving over time, just like our NRG is evolving, you know, as each iteration of leadership steps in, it evolves, in a, in a different way, and so that's what's going on right now, with myself and my my colleague Stacy Surratt. You know, we're um, we're looking at a different direction than say her and Nate Bellinger were looking at together as a team, and um, you're there's there's all these hard decisions that you have to make as a leader, and in corporate America it isn't necessarily life and death decisions that you make, but military people that come to you might have made those life and death decisions and they can function in a in an adversarial high stress environment and and um, I'll give you an example of a hard decision that I had to make and that was that I had somebody come to me that had recently come back from a deployment to Iraq and he had been back about 30 days and he said I want to go back and I said well why do you want to go back I mean you've only been home 30 days and he said, because I, that's where I need to be. And I, instead of going, I think you need to, you know, settle down with your family for a little bit and and, and just stay back here. I said, sure, I'll, you know, I'll go ahead and help you. And and six months later, he was killed by a sniper. And I go,
1: mm-hmm.
3: oh, my goodness. You know, was that my decision that did that? And so that's a story that, you know, there are hard decisions in life mm-hmm. that, that you have to make. And. And I want to try to translate that over to corporate America that, you know, there are hard decisions as a leader that you have to make. Some of them definitely don't turn out well. But
0: you,
1: that's you, impactful. That, yeah.
0: Being brave enough to make those decisions, though. And do and the best
2: you can yeah. with the information you have and the resources you have and, and yep. knowing that it's not always going to be the right decision, but, but that's okay.
3: Well, and as another thing that I wanted to impress upon people is that – when you step into a leadership role, you might not necessarily have ever been a leader before, or you, or this might be a new leadership opportunity for you. But the, the people that work under you, if I worked for you, Tara, I, I would want, and I've encouraged you know, people around me to always give grace to the leader so that the leader can grow into the role. Because mm-hmm. at, when you're a brand new leader, you don't always know what to do or the right things to do. Mm-hmm. And you're going to stumble a little bit and you're going to make those hard decisions that, you know, later on in life or later down the road, you're going, why did I do that? But having supportive people around you that understand, hey, I might be in a leadership position at some point, too. Do I want people undermining me or do I want people supporting me?
0: And Everybody, anytime you join a new team, you kind of go through that storming and forming Part of it until you, everybody kind of finds. You know, sometimes we
3: psychoanalyze things down to the nth degree, <laughs> and it's not necessarily that stormy, norming, uh, mm-hmm. what, so, yeah, storming, norming, performing. Tell me the four.
0: Storming, norming, performing. I can't remember all of them, but this is just. I, I just finished my grad school, so <laughs> it's what and, it's. And what, what do they say? Head. Too
1: much analysis is paralysis. So. <laughs> <laughs> analysis True.
0: paralysis. I, I, like I love that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. um, well, I wanted to do a, a really quick plug for Salute, really quick. So if anyone out there is interested in learning more about salute or the Pathfinder program, where can they get that information?
3: Uh, go go slash salute. Yeah. I, I know I was gonna yeah. get an opportunity oh, to sorry. say a go uh, link. No, no, no. Yeah. It's like how many go links have we got to be? Yeah, there's
0: there's a ten. So I think like, it'll go slash. I think slash you should put it energy.
3: in the notes every one of them in the we do. in the company. Do. So <laughs> we do uh, go dash salute. The and uh, uh, there's a bu- there's a button right on there that says, Do you want to be a pathfinder? Mm-hmm. So what's the time uh-huh. commitment? You know, really, that's your call. The I believe, and Brittany, maybe you can speak to it, it's how much or how little you, you want. We want there the way we um, built this program, or, or my I love to say this in corporate America, we baked into the program. Oh,
0: it's a, that, new, a new term here.
3: Yeah, we, we baked into the program seven touch points so that over the first three months that you're with us, that your Pathfinder is supposed to communicate with you a minimum of seven different times okay. and so however long you it's, choose to do it it could be a hey how you doing is everything okay can i answer any questions three minutes later you go okay we everything's good
0: yeah and, and the program sort of evolved too i mean it is it's really plug and play you open up the guide you look at it my email's already drafted for me i add my warm fuzzies to um, the new hire and then i just schedule out some time uh, to, to just really talk with them um, i haven't really done a. a I've got to do a face-to-face as well, so that was even better. So that that did take up a lot more time, but then we were face-to-face and he's part of my, was part of my team, so um, that was a little bit different, but it, time commitments, really whatever you can give and just know that everyone has such, such an amazing, they can have amazing experiences in welcoming new hires.
3: Right, and we, we, we have such a great culture here, and that was one of the things that had planted a seed in my mind of, wow, you know, people care here, maybe we can elevate that a little bit and, and get it so that we can share that a little bit. And I, you know, uh, from a business perspective down the road, strategically, we've cut off attrition. We've made people feel like they're part of the family from day one. And again, you know, I have to say this about Humana. I have felt like you, one of the things that you get told as you're leaving the military is that you'll never find this kind of camaraderie or this kind of family again. And I 100% disagree with that. I have every team I have been on in this company has been phenomenal. That's awesome.
0: And and just engaged in happy employees, we they outperform and just do better so I and again here's another plug to take part in the NRGs and the inclusion and diversity side of Humana to really get you engaged and so that you can help see all of the wonderful things that Humana has to offer from benefits to programs to everything else so is it go slash NRGs or go slash salute and on there you can find out how to be a Pathfinder and also find out more about the Pathfinder program
2: Dave I just wanted to say thank you for your service and thank you for your leadership. So I, I really have thoroughly enjoyed this time.
3: Thank you, I, I've enjoyed it too. Thank you very much, I'm honored to be here.
0: Well, is there anything else you wanted to add or anything? I, I, we, I
3: can't think of anything.
0: We wanna be respectful of your time. I know oh, I just yeah. keep talking. You got about a minute. So. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. I, I, I have about a minute. Um, hey, yeah, uh, let me give a, say, a shameless plug for, if you're out looking for a, a pet, go to a rescue shelter.
0: Yay, yes, I have rescue fur babies. There, so, there's yeah. there's
3: no go link for that, but um, you can go to the, it. You can, go,
0: you can On Buzz, you could like the Dog Lovers group and post your new rescue pet in the Dog Lovers I, I group. Was,
3: I don't know why, but I was just thinking of Bob Barker's okay. spay or to your pets. So, <laughs> so, give yeah. an unloved animal a forever home.
0: Oh, yeah, forever home.
2: <laughs>
0: this podcast is produced by
2: Melissa Nichols.
0: We also want to thank you for spending time with us this week, and we always want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts in our Buzz Group, WNRG Podcast Series, or by tagging us. We couldn't do this without
1: you. Until next time, be intentional,
0: stay curious,
1: and inspire
2: others.